just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Today on CityCast Salt Lake, the Utah Utes are going to the Rose Bowl for the second year in a row. On January 2nd, the team will face Penn State in Pasadena, California. KSL sports reporter Michelle Bodkin is here to share the unusual story of why this is sure to be an emotional game. It's Wednesday, December 21st, 2022. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Michelle Bodkin, Utah Utes reporter for KSL Sports. When and how did the number 22 become Salt Lake's magic number? I mean, we're going to be celebrating the two-year anniversary of kind of, I think, when that happened this Christmas. Mm. It was uh, Ty Jordan, Utah's running back. He wore the number 22, had a breakout freshman year. He only played in five games uh, because of the COVID-19 season that kind of shortened everything. It was a very weird year, but in those five games, he really showed something special. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everybody just thought that he was going to take off and be the star for Utah. And you could just kind of tell the coaches were all bought in. They were working really hard to bring in pieces to kind of help surround him and really put together, I think, an incredible season for 2021. They just felt like they kind of had everything together. And then news came down the day after Christmas, actually. Uh, He accidentally shot himself, and nobody exactly knows how or why or what the circumstances were. And it was a life lost so shockingly soon. And so, you know, this team was just in a weird position where it's like, how how do we go about celebrating, you know, this guy's life? And there was still like a lot of questions about, well, we don't really know what the 2021 football season is going to look like, yeah. you know, as far as having fans back in the stands. There were still a lot of questions in regard to that. So that kind of was the catalyst for the number 22 kind of becoming, I guess, a lucky number, so to speak. And then, you know, the 22 thing also really got cemented after Aaron Lowe was shot and killed during the 2021 football season at a house party. He was good friends with Ty Jordan. They grew up together. They went to high school together. This was, you know, Aaron Lowe's best friend. And uh, he, he ultimately decided to wear the number 22 to honor his friend. And so it just... The number 22 has been permanently retired from the University of Utah. No football player will ever wear that number again. Well, and my understanding is that fans and even non-fans think that that number has, for lack of a better word, blessed this year of youths football, the year 2022, because they're headed back to the Rose Bowl for the second time. What do, what do people mean when they say that, though, for those of us that are out of the loop? Yeah, it's it's just, you know, it's keeping in mind these two kids that 
above and beyond everything, they absolutely believed in Utah football. They were talking about, you know, Rose Bowls. I, I remember the 22 Forever docu-series that Utah football put out this past spring, kind of documenting everything that happened in that 2021 season. Quarterback Cam Rising, you know, was talking about having this conversation with Ty Jordan about we're going to the Rose Bowl next year. Like it's going to happen. It's going to be a thing. And then obviously, you know, Ty is not there anymore. Uh, And so the team kind of gathers themselves together, decides, hey, we're still going to do this. We believe in each other. And so I think that's just kind of where this mysticism with the number 22 really stems from is these two kids just absolutely believed in their heart of hearts that this team could do these things. And they still managed to do it, you know, despite some of the tough circumstances they've been put through. And even this year, this year in a lot of ways looked very similar to that 2021 season, a little bit different, obviously. But like, once again, they were kind of slow to start. Everybody expected that this team was going to be, I hate saying a lot better, but like a lot better than kind Mm -hmm. of how they showed. And yet somehow, some way they ended up finding a way they never stopped believing And it just, it kind of feels like destiny that they belong in this position once more. Well, you call it destiny, but I've seen some people call it sheer luck. Is my understanding that all the right teams lost and that's why the Utes are going to the Rose Bowl? Is that correct? I mean, that's part of it. There were like four (laughs) different things that kind of had to happen. But the big thing that I think people kind of fail to recognize in all this is, yes, like Utah needed help and Utah needed certain teams to lose and or win in order, you know, to get in. Mm -hmm. But the other part of it is they had a tough schedule and that tough schedule ultimately in a lot of ways propelled them forward. And there was a game or two that was a little rocky. Some guys were hurt, but ultimately this team just kind of figured out how to win. And that's what good teams do. You know, they don't Mm -hmm. get down on themselves because their starting quarterbacks hurt. And, oh, I guess we should just fold it in. The season's over. You figure out creative other ways to win. And and that's kind of what this team did. They never gave up. They never pointed fingers at each other. They never blamed each other. They just got down and got to work. And they controlled what they could control. And sometimes, yeah, it did not bounce their way. But then other times it did. And ultimately, they did enough on their end that it worked. And, and that's how, you know, they are where they are. And I mean, yes, you can you can say that, okay, maybe they lucked into that Pac-12 championship game, but how they won that game was not lucky. Mm-hmm. There was no doubt that they were the better team. I love how much you love this team, Michelle. Every time I talk to you, I, like, get so hyped. And it does feel like, I mean, Salt Lakers and Utahns have been getting hyped on Utes football for generations. But it feels like the team from the national perspective – has taken a bit of a turn towards getting the kind of attention that a lot of us think they've always deserved. Are Do we have players that are on track for the NFL next year? The NFL is kind of a weird situation. It was a little bit odd last year. It's going to be odd this year. I think it's probably going to be a little weird the next two years. And again, it all stems back to that COVID-19 season with guys having extra eligibility to make up for having shortened seasons that one year. It's kind of created a backlog of talent. And so we're seeing more 
talent than usual trying to get into the NFL. And therefore, we're also seeing guys mm. that we would normally see get picked up and drafted in, in a normal situation in a normal year. They end up going undrafted and not getting picked up and having to kind of go about things in a much more difficult way. But Utah should have a, at least two guys, in my estimation, get drafted. Clark Phillips the third is their cornerback. He was a freshman in that 2020 year. He joined the squad shortly after Jalen Johnson graduated, and it was really largely because of Jalen Johnson. We call it the Jalen Johnson plan. He wanted to <laughs> go be a starter for three years, win all the awards, graduate in three years, and then head to the NFL. Love that. Clark Phillips, he's going to be a first-round pick, most of us believe and think. Uh, he He's just mm -hmm. that good. Uh, so, I mean, he he's expected to go very high. And then Utah also has a tight end by the name of Dalton Kincaid that we also mm -hmm. think will probably get drafted fairly high, probably between the third and fourth round. And so uh, he was by far and away probably the most well-balanced tight end in the entire country. He caught all the passes. He blocked really well. And, and just kind of did everything he was asked to do and, and at a very high level. So, you know, there's a couple of guys that for sure I think will get drafted. There's a couple of other guys that depending on what teams need, who they like, who they feel like is mm. a good fit, maybe could sneak in and, and find their way into the draft as well. But again, it, it's going to be difficult for guys to get drafted the next couple of years because there is such a backlog of talent. I'm surprised by this because I thought you were going to say that quarterback Cam Rising was a sure thing. With Cam, it's it's an interesting because he's never really come out and said that he's leaving. Huh. All he said is, you never know. <laughs> the old Tom Brady. <laughs> so he might be gone. He might come back for one more year. I don't think we're really going to find out about that until after the Rose Bowl. He's the type of guy that like does not want to be a distraction. He just wants to go out and win that game. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 
80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. I want to talk about these players because this town love, loves Utah football. It's no secret. Merch everywhere. You can buy youth football merch pretty much anywhere that they sell anything in Salt Lake. You see a significant investment every year from Salt Lakers in this team, and they put a lot on the line in what we all know is a dangerous sport. But famously, they're not on the college's payroll. What would it take to get these men paid? Well, I mean, they are getting paid now. That's what NIL's opened up, not just for Utah, but for other schools as well. Now, granted, I think Utah's NIL isn't quite as extensive as, say, like a USC or a Michigan. What is NIL? Name, image, and likeness. So these guys oh, okay. these guys can make money based off of essentially the personality that they create. And some of them have been, and, and they've had mm-hmm. some success with that. Cam Rising has the whole bad moon rising thing and <laughs> the thick boy seven thing. And, and so mm-hmm. like, you know, he has some things that have been kind of marketable and, and have made him some money. And then of course, you know, you have businesses that are now starting to get a little bit interested in potentially having these guys come on and, and tell about their products. And I think in the in the state of Utah and for the University of Utah, they don't necessarily have quite the big name donors that can just pile a bunch of money into like a collective and hand hand money out freely. That's just not ever going to be something that I think we really see at any of our Utah schools. Mm. But as far as having businesses get interested and as far as having guys have the ability to come up with business concepts for themselves, that's kind of where we'll see these get paid and and make some money. Right. But I mean, those are the sort of all-stars. And I I would argue that like if you're in an ad for someone, you deserve to get paid for that because that is separate work to being on the field. But at the end of the day, like they don't get paid for playing football. Yeah, if we're, if we're going on a very technical aspect, yes. Like they don't get yeah. paid specifically for playing football outside of I suppose you could argue the scholarship is is kind of right. that payment. It's going to be an interesting thing to kind of sit and watch because of the potential to have such inequity with NIL just mm, based off of, yeah. you know, donor bases and whatnot. There has been some argument that really it should be the colleges that are paying their athletes and not even just the football players, but, you know, gymnastics or basketball or, or whoever, that maybe right. it is kind of time to start considering these kids as being state employees, essentially, and putting them on a college payroll. Mm. You know, it's it's hard to reel something like that back in. So I, I don't know. I don't know if there's a way to kind of put it back in the box a little bit and say, hey, let's regulate this a little bit more. It's on the colleges and the universities to come up with how they're going to pay these players. And again, the getcha really kind of was COVID-19 when all these teams were sitting there going, uh-oh, what do we do? Because a big sum of our money comes from these games being played. And on one hand, 
we need these players to go out and play these games. But on the other hand, they're not our employees. And so we can't tell them that we need them to go work. And I think that's ultimately what kind of forced the issue of mm. getting getting student athletes the ability to be able to make money for themselves off of their name, image, and likeness. There, there was this conundrum here. Huh, that's interesting. But again, it just, it just was not really very well thought out. And, and now we're seeing other problems. And now, you know, we're faced with, you know, we maybe need to reel some of this back in, but how do you do that when you kind of opened everything up and said, the rules are yeah. there, there aren't no rules, you know? So yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens here. Okay, last question for you. I know you have limitless faith in this team. The Rose Bowl game last year was an incredible game. They came so close. Can they do it this year? Can the Utes win? I think they can. I mean, they were so close last year. They went toe-to-toe with a team that really you kind of start looking at what they had to work with versus what Utah had to work with. Utah was pretty much out an entire position group and an important position group uh, when it comes to stopping some of Ohio State's very best players on their team. They didn't have anyone really there to do that, and yet they still stuck it out and were in the game until the very end of it. So it's one of those things I also think, you know, having some experience, having been there before, and these guys have kind of talked about it the little bit that we've been able to interview them, is that while it's still exciting and there still is kind of that mysticism around the Rose Bowl, they've already done this and just very recently as well. So it's not necessarily something that is going to put stars in their eyes, maybe quite the way that it did last season. It's kind of one of those things, we're going to enjoy this. You know, they let us do a bunch of fun things. But it's not, it's not anything new to us. We've been here. We've done this. This is familiar ground. This is familiar territory. And bottom line is, I think these guys feel like they have a job to do and the job's not finished. They really, really want to get this Rose Bowl win, not only for the program and the fans, but for Ty and Aaron as well. Uh, it, everything really does come back to those two players. Yeah. I think they will do everything in their power to make sure that they bring that home. Michelle Bodkin, thank you so much for your time. Oh, anytime, Ali. Whether or not the Utes win, one thing is certain. Ty Jordan and Aaron Lowe will be forever enshrined in Rose Bowl history. The stadium in Pasadena, California, has installed two monuments that bear the players' names and read, In loving memory, he lived his legacy. Before we go, I do have to give a quick shout out to Utah women's basketball. They're opening Pac-12 play undefeated. They're red hot, have the best offense in the country, and play hard. It's so fun to watch. If you haven't been to a game at Huntsman, 2023 is your year, friend. I dropped a link in the show notes to pick up some tickets. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. We will be back tomorrow morning with our weekly news roundup. Don't miss it. Bye. Bye.